Their father didn't know how to be a father, so that's why they didn't receive a father. And the lights are coming on and they're asking questions. And it's, you know, giving them hope to be a father that that they never knew to their children. And I mean, families are being restored. Wow. We had some powerful (laughs) testimonies at the the banquet. We had a woman uh, that came through the discipleship program. Her children were taken away because she was an addict, lost rights to them, but the adoptive parents gave her the rights back. I mean, just powerful stories. Hi, we're back for another edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler, and it's always a pleasure, friend, to have you stop by. And today, we've got a great show planned for you because we got Janet Knapper here in the studio. Now, Janet and I became acquainted. I'm trying to think. Overcoming Abuse God's Way ministry hadn't been in existence too long. We first got together. That's correct. We met in 2009, December, in fact, because Kenneth and I... uh, we're together 2009 January and it was during the Christian concert series in Olive Branch downtown Olive Branch where I met you and Todd. That's exactly right. You know what that was a great event. I don't think they still do that, do they? No, they don't. One of those used to be things <laughs> that we used to enjoy. But hey, we've got new things happening here. This is a special time because you brought Kenneth, your husband. Kenneth and I know each other, but we have never gotten in the studio and had time to share. Really excited, Kenneth, to have you here and let's talk about what God's up to in our lives. First of all, how did you meet this lady? Well, that's an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so telling the people in the church I was attending that God was going to send me a godly wife within a year. And without going into details, within that uh, next year, uh, we met on Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle. And uh, she was in Florida, Ocala. And, of course, I was in Olive Branch, Mississippi. So we communicated, and she was like, yeah, actually, she was like, can I say this? <laughs> actually, she was going to hook me up with a friend of hers. It was Southern <laughs> as well. But that didn't work out. So she's a Jersey girl. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. She transplanted to to Florida, and she was there for probably 20 years. But you see, my friend had a Southern accent, and she was an intercessor, and Kenneth is a man of prayer, so it made perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> so Janet encouraged me to fly down. They were having Rock the Universe at Universal Studios and had a lot of uh, Christian bands there, Third Day, uh, Newsboys, and a lot of bands. This multiple stages put up. We just kind of hit it off. Within six months, we were married. <laughs> six months? Six months. So it wasn't really love at first sight, but it kind of happened quick. Well, the reason why I wanted to introduce Kenneth to my friend is because all he did was talk about God and family. And so I knew his character. Uh, He didn't try to pick me up. I knew his character. And when we met, you know, uh, it was just a mutual uh, conversation about God and family and yeah, uh, the month of November dropped in my heart when I had a conversation with the Lord, and He proposed to me in November. He said, "Can we get married now?" I said, "Can we wait till next year?" And so January <laughs> was the date, and uh, it's just a God story. It's just a beautiful story. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's kind of neat how you hear a, a, a testimony by online dating because more and more I've heard stories where couples do meet and they do have happy relationships that come together. But you and I both know, or we all know, that the really ingredients to 
a healthy marriage is doing it God's way, the covenant relationship that God created for man and woman to have. Right, Kenneth? That's right. That's right, Byron. So our our story, I was thinking a few minutes ago, is, is actually a, a beautiful story of redemption. Uh, Janet come from, um, she was abandoned, her and her sisters, at, at a very young age and orphaned and put into a, into a home uh, where there was a lot of things that went on she she can tell you about but and for me raised in a little small home in uh in south memphis old hometown and very poor and you know there was a lot of things that went on early on in life and god is i can see now uh, god's redeeming hand uh, that's been in both of our lives and even now as we're together god is working you know, the devil comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. And so through all the the things that even in our uh, relationship that we uh, are going through and have been through, it's making us stronger, stronger in our relationship with Jesus yeah. and stronger with each other. I love that, Kenneth. And I know you have also been on a, a health journey with some various things that happened. And we, I know I have prayed for you with multiple, many people in our mm-hmm. community, the faith community, and I'm sure around the world have prayed for you. And God's been faithful, right, through those times? Very faithful. Uh, 2018, I was working in a printing factory in Senatobia, Mississippi, doing well. I rebounded from uh, a job loss and so I started feeling like I had flu, and I went to my doctor, which we used to go to church with, and he said, well, it's probably nothing, you know, we'll do some blood work on you, and so forth. And um, I'll make a long story short, I was diagnosed with um, stage 4 uh, B, uh, very rare salivary gland cancer, and um, that, that was in, what, September 2018, and had... Uh, major surgery. I've had two major surgeries. First this year, I had a major brain surgery, had a a cancerous tumor the size of a uh, golf ball removed from my head. You know, it'd be another show to tell you everything that's transpired, but God has been faithful. So I was laying on a bed, hospital bed in 2020, uh, January, February timeframe, and they was probing me from one end to the other, trying to find out what was going on. And as I was laying on the hospital barn, um, I saw like a, a screen come down in front of me. And uh, so the Lord, I believe, was it was just as clear as it could be. I could, I could see myself standing in the Indian Ocean, and I was teaching on Psalms 103. I removed your sins as far as the east is from the west. And through all of this, God was speaking to me. He said, stand on your feet and preach my word, and your healing will come through my word. So I've been trying to honor that and obey that. And for a while, I was like, okay, you know, there's not really much opening, doors opening. But recently, I've had opportunity to preach every first Sunday at the Union Mission Chapel. And I also do the fourth Thursday. I do the fourth Sunday at Mark Luttrell Prison. I do chapel there and preach. And also uh, preaching every Wednesday night at Mark Luttrell. So God is opening doors. Also go to West Henning with a, a good brother of mine on the third Sunday. So well. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to be in church maybe one time a month. But you know, With the, the blessing yeah, of our pastor, of yeah, course. And the, but the Lord, in my prayer, and 
I'm so much closer to God now than I've ever been. You know, I don't believe God gave me cancer, but like everything, like I believe it's a lady said, God is in interruptions and we can find God in the interruptions in our life. And he uses things that we go through for his purpose to draw us closer to him and to reveal himself to us. And one day I was praying and I always try to meditate and listen afterwards. And I just, you know, with my Bible there and everything, and I was, and it was just like the Lord spoke to me in my heart. And he said, Kenneth, would you be as close to me now if you didn't have cancer? And before I could answer it, he told me, he said, no, you wouldn't, you know. And so I'm so thankful for every day. It just blows my mind that God would use us and use me for his purpose, for his glory. And I'm here for his glory. And that's all that I'm concerned about is uh, honoring him yes. and serving him. So, You know what's so uh, cool about the story, Byron, is uh, Kenneth had a father that was an alcoholic that, uh, you know, he was beat. And Kenneth ran away at 13, and he has his own story as well. But through this experience, I saw Kenneth understand the love of a father. You know, two key things, what you just said, the love of the father, and really the love of the Father allowing these interruptions in our life to cause us to come to Him because He is there waiting with open arms to be that loving Father. And we try to replace that with so many different things, you know, whether it be positions or possessions, anything we could try to, except for the arms of the loving Father. But those interruptions can either cause us cause us to worship or cause us to go worldly, right? Correct. That's right. You're speaking our language. That's what we teach in the Overcoming Abuse God's Way. We we teach people, men, women and youth, how to run into the arms of the Father, explaining first who the Father is. Yes. And that's a key thing too because in this generation you have to define terms, right? Because our definition of a loving father might not be the same as someone else, especially someone who, in the case, many examples of you having those who have been abused and have had really bad example of a father in the home. Yes. And the ironic thing is those little girls and little boys that have not had a father or had an abusive father, even if it wasn't sex or physical, it could have been verbal, it could have been missing in action, you know, neglect. They grow up to be men and women. And they're in their emotions, they're little children, and they just can't function in relationships. So yes. the love of the Father is key. And also to unpack the baggage, because we carry that mm. baggage in life, right, Kenneth? And we, we right. need to be able to unload it. <laughs> Even into our relationships, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And sometimes those relationships get strained, and, and, and a lot of times we, we see people who've been married multiple times because they've never dealt with that. We don't have the power to, right? No. <laughs> we have to trust our Heavenly Father. We have to learn what His plan is in order to find that freedom, which is really to take away something that we can never do. And that's that sin that separates us from Him in the beginning. That's right. So one one thing that Janet and I uh, live by is the 70 times 7. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter asked the Lord, you know, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times 7. Of course, Jesus said... No, 70 times 7 is infinite. So we always, it's kind of comical, we'll say <laughs> 70 times 7. We have a fun relationship. Uh, one of the analogies uh, in, our, in the curriculum is 
Two abused people coming together in a relationship are like two ticks, each trying to suck blood out of an animal, but no one has a life source. Um, I forget who the author of that is. And Kenneth and I were in the garage, and we started to talk at the same time. And at some point, I said, we're like two ticks trying to suck. And we just started laughing and <laughs> broke it up. But, you know, that's the way of a Christian marriage. You know, we love one another. Yeah. I like the journey that y'all have been on together. When you started chatting on this online relationship, you know, those very first uh, moments of that, you didn't realize where God was going to bring you. You didn't know that you were going to go through these obstacles, these challenges, these health issues, how you were going to do ministry together, what God was going to open up for you to be able to do through overcoming abuse God's way. But there's another chapter that you're looking to endeavor here, South Africa. Now, Africa has been a part of your ministry, I understand, Janet. You've spent time in South Africa. Trying to recall all the details of that, but I know that that was an important part of the really the birth of this whole ministry. Yes, yes. Um, I was asked to go over there to establish a home for abused women when I was single. And, um, you know, through prayer and supplications, I said, yes, Lord. <laughs> and um, I lived there for a year. The home was established. In fact, when we had our 10-year anniversary here at Bellevue Baptist, we flew in the first fruits of OAGW World, Overcoming Abuse God's A World. And so uh, Kenneth knew about the ministry when we met, and uh, he, he uh, supplied the ministry with prayer. He's an intercessor, finances, and then uh, he was with Smuckers 20-something years, and when that plant downsized, he, it just broke his heart. And he was having a conversation with the Lord one time, and the Lord said to him, this ministry is not complete without the man. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Kenneth got involved. So tell me about that part, Kenneth. So it's very interesting. So I was like, hey, I'm not sure this is for me, but, you know, and going back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, my main thing was I was praying, I want a wife that loves Jesus with all of her heart, that's completely sold out, and the Lord supplied that to me. So I said, I'll supply, you know, with prayer and finances and support the ministry and like that, but I'm I'm just not sure that's for me, you know, and so I went to a leadership training she was having. I was sitting there and she was talking about the pain chart and I started reflecting back in in my childhood how, you know, I was trying to fill that God-sized hole. I wasn't raised in a Christian home and it was my home was like, for a period of time, was like a hell hole. It was, even as a small child, I didn't know God. I would say, God, you know, why did you let me be born in this and raised in this? Because I wanted a normal life, but, you know, I started going into the streets and medicating and uh, with drugs and this and that. And so I was like, yeah, I can I can see. As a result of that, you know, before I got sick, I mean, this is it's a long story, because 2012, a lot of stuff happened in 2012. Actually, 2010, I found out Smuckers was going to close their jams and jelly operation here. I've been there 23 years. Our house burned down January the 6th, 2012. We were standing across the street watching it burn to the ground. I got a a head-on collision. Um, What else happened? I mean, it was a lot of things that happened. Can can any more things happen? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, but before that, in, in the interim before that, you know, I went, I went through a divorce and you know, I really got bitter toward God in the church and all that, but I came back to the Lord with all my heart, you know, not as it applies to salvation necessarily, but I was I was praying, God said, stay on the ship and you'll be saved. And, 
And I tell you, a lot of stuff has happened. And there's, you know, the Apostle Paul said, through much tribulation, we'll enter into the kingdom of God. And, uh, and it was during so. that time where the Lord told him, this ministry is not complete without yeah. the man. And wow. it made perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and so that was kind of where your heart was brought into. Yeah. You kind of saw the complete picture. And and it's you guys have just been gelling and moving since that yeah. time. I, so I was, what I was going to tell you is I was doing support groups. I had a strong support group uh, that, I, that I was uh, involved Amen. with. I was also doing uh, support groups at the Warriors Center uh, and different places before I got sick. and um, We did co-ed so, training. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of co-ed training. And, and I think that's so important, too. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that aspect up, Janet, when you look at those abuse, because oftentimes we think of the woman being abused, but men get abused, too. Boys get abused. And sometimes children, when they've been abused and they, they carry that baggage that we've talked about through life, it puts them on courses to medicate, to go through multiple relationships, not knowing. You know, we you talk about yes. this. Yes. You know, uh, Kenneth, uh, for a couple of years, was at the Department of Corrections. It's a day program in Memphis. The Criminals get picked up, men and women. They go before the judge, and the judge says you go to jail or you go to this one-year day program. Well, we've had a class in there for three years, and Kenneth will tell you the men in there that are 30, 40, 50, 60, they're just now finding out about the love of a father, that their father didn't know how to be a father, so that's why they didn't receive a father. And the lights are coming on, and they're asking questions, and it's you know giving them hope to be a father that that they never knew to their children. And right. I mean, families are being restored. Wow. We <laughs> had some powerful testimonies at the uh, at the banquet. We had a woman uh, that came through the discipleship program. Her children were taken away because she was an addict, lost rights to them, but the adoptive parents gave her the rights back. I mean, just powerful oh, stories. Goodness. You know, and I, I was just going through some old video collection I had, and I came across a video for your ministry that my son Joel produced for you. And I told him, he said, Dad, you've got that video. I want to see it because that was really one of the very first projects he ever did as a young teenage boy. Now, you know, he's director of video at our church and he does a lot of video productions, you know, and has over the years. But you allowing him to do that for the ministry really gave him so much uh, excitement for video production, you know, and and He's, it gave us joy to show it. We've shown it overseas, and we've shown it here, and it's just a, a, a great piece of work. Well, it's neat to see how God ties us together for His purposes. Kingdom work to bring glory, as you said a moment ago, Kenneth, we want to live our lives to bring glory to Jesus Christ right. for what He's done for us. Okay, and as I mentioned a moment ago about Africa, there's some plans that are brewing right now for you guys to go back to Africa. Tell me about this. So along with that vision I had in the hospital, I'm actually going to have an opportunity, Lord willing, and he is, I believe, to stand in that Indian Ocean. Uh, it'd be the first week of November. Uh, we're going to have plans to go to South Africa and, and do a lot of ministry while we're there. Also going to the prison there at Motterby and preaching there and everything. I went in 2013, actually, but it's the only time that I've been there. So I'm very excited about 
being able to go back. Janet has friends that have an RV park on the Indian Ocean, so it's just crazy. This is so funny because Kenneth, in the beginning, you heard earlier how you know he supported the ministry in prayer, and right. when I invited him to go to South Africa, he said, God said, lo, I'm with you always, not 13, 16 hours in the air, and when he eventually went, he couldn't wait to go back, and so, yes, we have ministry leaders that live in South Africa that are, their home is on the top of the mountain from the Indian Ocean, and they're going to gather the villagers and the church and just bring them there. And I thought just last week, Kenneth, this has nothing to do with you or me, or the, but everyone that's going to be there on the beach. That's right. God wants people saved, and we have the ocean to baptize. So God is in the process, as you see, fulfilling mm. the vision, which ultimately is not about Kenneth. It's about bringing glory to Christ by pointing people to Jesus. That's mm-hmm. right. That's exactly right, Byron. And, you know, the Lord uses um, broken things, uh, foolish things of this world for his glory. I have a saying that I no way can relate to the Apostle Paul, but he went through a lot of hardships and things. And and in one place in the scripture, he says, I'll just rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest Mm. on me. And so what I long for is to see people have the same experience, a radical conversion that I had at 21 years old in a little storefront building in Tunica, Mississippi, when the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, fell on me, convicted me of my sins, and then he poured his Spirit out in me and a love that I can't explain. I know that God is real. I know that he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's never changed. He has no respect of person. And if he did it for me, if he did it for Peter, James, and John, and Paul, he'll do it because it's not his will that any would perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of repentance. It's interesting you talked about he did it for Peter, James, and Paul. And I was just reading, and I'm trying to find, this is a very, very small print Bible, but I had to grab it real quick. And I was looking at Second Peter chapter 1. Peter was talking about our faith, and he says... Um, uh, here in verse, well, verse 2, grace and peace to be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness mm-hmm. through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. One particular, maybe I've got the wrong, <laughs> maybe it's First Peter. Anyway, but he basically, he makes the comment that the faith that you have is the same faith we have. What spoke to me when I read that Peter said that was, you know, we think here's the the apostles, the disciples living with Jesus, seeing the miracles firsthand, but their entrance into relationship with God is the same way we have. It's through mm-hmm. faith, mm-hmm. by Amen. trusting what Christ did on the cross for us. There's no special exemptions or anything right. like that. They have to go through the blood. We That's all right. have to go through the blood. That's right. And then you were talking about how God... Just use me, just what's special, nothing. But yeah, you know, he takes the foolish things. Not many of you were noble. Not many of you had high positions. And he does it, right, Janet? Yes, he does, to conform the wise. (laughs) I mean, look at what happened to Peter on the day of Pentecost. He's just a fisherman, and he's out there 
speaking to the crowds, and many were saved. Yes. Amen. The religious leaders said, you know, hey, these are a couple of ignorant, unlearned fishermen, <laughs> but they could tell they've been with Jesus. And, and the key and is, we, is we're not fools anymore. That's no, right. that's right. We see God's hand uh, just doing great things, even in this ministry, with us, just with our little beans and our little things. And he just, you know, we had over 200 people at the the recent banquet, and uh, just God is just moving and using people, anyone that will make themselves available to him. And 200 doesn't sound like a lot, but for us who don't advertise, who don't go out, we don't have the big names and we don't have the big positions, all what we're talking about, that's a big deal for us. Yes. And God uh, multiplied that in uh, giving. And uh, he just, Kenneth has always said, you remind me of the guy uh, who fed the orphans where the bread showed up at the door. We just believe in God provides. Yes. And so going to South Africa, that's what we're doing right now. We're going to be there for three weeks. I have my COVID ticket. I had a ticket. 2019 for South Africa, COVID came. It was nixed out five times. And so I resurrected that. And Kenneth said, I'll let you know in October how I'm feeling. Prior to the banquet, we had a wonderful donation. He said, that's my ticket, Kenneth, who never asks for anything. So we got the ticket. And so now we're just trusting God for three weeks worth of uh, living expenses while we're there. And I know he's going to do it. He is going to do it. And we want our friends listening to this program to pray for you guys as you make this, because this is going to be kingdom work, sharing the gospel, doing ministry among the church there in South Africa. And we want our people to pray. And also, if somebody is led to give, how could they support you during this particular mission? Anyone can always go to oagw.world, oagw.world, and there's a donation button there. You can use your credit card. You can use your PayPal. Or we have Napper Ken Jan, N-A-P-P-E-R-K-E-N-J-A-N, if they wanted to do a cash app. Okay. Thank you. When you come back, we're going to have to hear more what took place. I'm excited to, to follow you guys on social media when you travel because you are on Facebook, and I know people, I'm sure you'll post some things yeah. of ministry there. But God bless you. I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to tell the story. We'll have to get back together you know, on yeah. occasion and freshen up things and what God's doing be because he continues to work. And I want our listeners to, to hear the heartbeat of this, right, that they know that no matter where they are, God desires to be their Heavenly Father. He desires that relationship. It's all about the relationship. It's all about the relationship. It's not about religion. It's about a close, personal, intimate relationship. That's what he desires. Met an addict just in closing a couple weeks ago. Uh, I said, do you know the Lord? He said, I gave my life and I was baptized some years ago. He said, but God's lost my number. I said, if you made a sincere declaration to the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't lose your number. That's why I'm sitting here. We need to encourage people. That's so good, Janet. What a great word to leave on. Well, listen, Janet, Kenneth, God bless you. Thank you for what you're both doing for Christ's kingdom. Thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for having us. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.